0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Albion Obsessed podcast. I'm joined by a couple of fresh faces today um, on this episode after a thrilling game at the Amex uh, between us and Brentford. Uh, so first of all, before we get into the episode, let's introduce who we've got here today. So Dan, uh, who recently joined our team, uh, has done some wonderful bits of editing for us and for me. Uh, so thank you very much for that, Dan. Dan, your My first pleasure. appearance on Albion Obsessed. Um, you've been a long time listener. I'm um, mm-hmm. happy to be here,
1: buzzing, mate. Yeah, really, really happy. Yeah, long time listener, as you say, since more or less I think when you started. So uh, yeah, over the moon to be introduced into the into the crew. And
0: what better way to be introduced today is our 100th episode, guys. And um, so you're joining us on a very special occasion today. What a milestone um, that is! I know. I'm I'm absolutely buzzing with it. I, I never thought it would get this far, um, but here we are. Um, and we also. Uh, joined by Eamon, uh, who is a Brentford fan. and um, Eamon, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you, mate?
2: Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for uh,
0: welcoming me. No problem at all. Um, it's always good to get an opposition perspective on the game. Um, mm. So I'm sure the Albion fans would be more than happy to listen to what you've got to say. Um, now, um, Dan, you've watched this podcast before. You know what's about to happen. Um, <laughs> when we've got a new Albion guest on, we ask them three questions. And the first of those questions, Dan, is do you remember your first game, your actual first live game, not not watching on the TV in the stadium? Yeah,
1: yeah I I do. It's actually not too difficult for me to recall because I'm, I'm going to have to out myself here as a bit of a, a bit of a new fan to the club. Um, I the first game I went to live was actually in 2018. Okay. So I only really been watching live for for a good for a, for a five years or so, um, but it was the Southampton Cup game. I, I think it was the Carabao Cup,
2: um, oh, but not. it was
1: <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely dreadful. It was really, really poor, um, really bad football from both sets of teams, from both sets of players. And I think we lost one nil to I think maybe Redmond in like the eighty ninth minute, and it was just diabolical. It was really, really poor. I'd been watching prior to that, but that was my first live game. So and, and at that to...
0: point seeing diabolical football he fell in love there you go (laughs) what what a love story um dan it it doesn't matter when you start supporting the club mate it really doesn't um i the the one thing i absolutely hate in football is gatekeeping whether you've Mm. been an albion fan for for two minutes whether you've been an albion fan for 70 years Mm. you're still supporting the club so no fair play to you mate Mm. um yeah who's been your favorite player to watch then um over the years
1: um, I mean, it's got to be knock-out,
0: right? down to one
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, for me, it, it's got to be Anthony. I mean, he... Because um, I started watching back around sort of 2010. Didn't get any tickets till about 2018 just because, you know, I, I'd never... My parents weren't football parents. Um, I only started watching it when I met my now wife. Um, I watched it with her dad, um, and he supported Brighton, so... I can't, I was kind of there the whole way through that kind of the, those initial playoff defeats against Palace in 2013 um uh I say there I mean on the sofa <laughs> I was there in spirit um yeah. but I, the the one player that really captured me and captured my attention was was Knockart um you know ju- he was just uh, you know a magician right mm-hmm. he was just an absolute wizard you know the the the, the ball stuck to his feet like glue he, he could go around as many people as he wanted to go around and some of his finishes were would, would just top draw.
0: Yeah, absolutely loved watching Anthony um, and mm. it was a shame it didn't quite work out for him uh, for us in the Premier League but we do have yeah. that wonderful goal at Sellers Park to remember oh, him by. Um, never, never forget that. Even Glenn Murray was shocked that he scored it so, <laughs> you know, um, love it. Um, so, Dan, you know I love football shirts. I absolutely mm. adore them. Uh, so, I love this question. What has been your favourite Albion shirt of all time?
1: Favourite shirt of all time. I mean, it's got to be, I think, the... um, I think it's the 85, 86 home shirt, the Adidas one with Phoenix Brewery across the front. Um, I just love the simplicity of it. It's a beautiful royal blue. It's got the little white pinstripes across the stomach, got the big stripes across the shoulders. Adidas badge there. It's just beautiful. And I'm really, really hoping we get Adidas back uh i i i've i've seen some conflicting things about whether we're staying with nike for another season or if we're going to find someone someone new but whenever we find someone new i really desperately hope we go for adidas just because yeah. that shirt is beautiful
0: to be honest uh, anything but nike at the moment um, <laughs> yeah. we're so sick of their shirts just template after template um yeah. but it is what is what it is yeah. um Eamon, uh brentford have umbro <clears throat> Um, I'm quite a fan of Umbro's kits. What have you made of uh, Brentford's kits over the years? Obviously, with stripes, you can only yeah. sort of go one
2: yeah, you can way. Make, so really, far. You know, make them wider, um, make them thinner, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I must admit, I, I, when I heard you asking Dan that question, my my heart sort of sunk. I'm not really a kit nerd. As, as far as I'm concerned, any player who wears the shirt that's got the Brentford badge on is good enough for me. What they're wearing is is slightly secondary. Yeah yep. I, I do like I, style wise looking at me I'm not a style merchant but um an Adidas kit is always is always smart mm. in yeah. my opinion and we, we have had Adidas kits I, I'm really sorry I'm going to have to fail on this question no, it's fine. It, it it literally is it's red and white stripes for me um do that. that's fine you mm. know fair enough fair enough and um, so
0: let's talk uh, then, Eamon, a little bit about your history as a Brentford fan. And um, so, have you been going since you were a kid or
2: uh, sort of in my teens? I think it was, uh, I hate to do this, 1975 76. I think it was my first game. It was a home game against Exeter City, probably in the bottom tier. And we won 5 1. And I thought, this is it, the rest mm. is easy. <laughs> and probably for about the next five or so years, we spent in the bottom tier and it wasn't easy. So that, that's where I started. OK, fair enough. Um, are you a season ticket holder? Yes, I am. Yeah. 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 Loving yeah. the new stadium.
0: I, 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 I am.
2: Yeah, very much so. We've got very nice seats in the in the North Stand. Uh, tried to slightly replicate where we sat in the old sta- in the old ground. Mm. As in well, did... half- gone. Sorry. Was it conflicted feelings when you knew
0: you was getting a new ground or was it the natural progression of the club we, that you,
2: you knew? Yeah, we had to do it. Uh, the, the The facilities at, at Griffin Park, and it literally is from my house. I'm pointing over there. It's probably about 600 yards away from my house. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and I can hear the the, the uh, machinery knocking down the main stand last week where I the seats I sat um, and my family uh, sat with me. And friends. Um, Yeah, we had to, Uh, you know, if you if you wanted to do any sort of hospitality there, you first of all, went into an area underneath the stand and then you had something to eat and a drink. And then you came out, went up a series of steps, almost like going up a ladder and you ended up with seats, decent view, but your your knees were tucked up to your chin sort of thing. (laughs) And at half-time, to get you a cup of tea, you came all the way back down again, etc. So there was no view of the pitch from your hospitality. That That's just right. one factor. Yes, it was our ground, um, you know, and it, it it was great. It had massive memories. But to move on in this day and age with our improvement on the pitch, mm. we you need those facilities. Much as I loved the old ground, we needed to move on. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and... Your season so far, I mean, I, I've, I've admired Brentford for as long as they've been promoted to the Premier League. They've, yeah. you know, t- taken it by storm. And uh, some of your games that I've watched have been just scintillating football. Yeah. Um, I remember one against Liverpool, which was just ridiculous. Yeah. I can't remember when it was. Um, might have even been this season or last. But...
2: We, well, we drew three all last season and we beat them 3-1 at home this season.
0: Ah, it was this season then, because yeah. I remember you winning, um, and it was just mesmerising. And um, Thomas Frank as well. I've got massive respect mm-hmm. for him as, as as a coach. I think he's yeah. he's great to listen to. And um, so mm-hmm. let's talk about your season so far. And uh, of course, you're in a European charge as much as we are. Um yeah. So, we, what, what, what are your aims for for the end of the season?
2: Where where what would be a successful season for Brentford? um top half finish uh an improvement on last i think we were 13th last season uh top half finish yeah it would be nice to uh, flirt with the european i'm sure you guys are aware you're up for it as well the the difficulties that brings with it you know you're playing an albanian waiters 11 on a thursday you've got to do all the journey there and back Your game is never going to be on a three o'clock on a Saturday. You're playing Sunday afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Mm. So, uh, yes, (laughs) wouldn't it be great if either either both of us were in Europe next season? It would be a right up yours to some of the alleged bigger clubs. But with it comes the, you know, uh, my son always hits a nail on the head. Do the Premier League for a couple of years, do a season in Europe, and then we'll go back to the championship. No, we don't want that at all. But you know, with success comes other issues, should we say? In answer, yeah. your question, as high as we we'll finish as high as we possibly can, you know, we'll be yeah. we'll mm-hmm. be going for it right to the death.
0: Yeah, exactly. That and um I always find that we, we have a lot of fans as well that say, Oh, we miss the championship, I miss the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we've seen other clubs <clears throat> um Wolves, Burnley, people like that make Europe in, in the last mm. few seasons, um, and it, it hasn't necessarily helped them. So, so you're mm. right; it it yeah. does bring a lot of challenges. And whether Brentford or Brighton have the squad depth to deal with that, who knows? Um, yeah. But of course, it, it would um, help attract more more of players course. to the club as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. if if either or get uh, us get there, then then fantastic, wonderful. Yeah. So Dan what has been your perspective on on Brentford o- over the the Premier League years of I think it's been mm. three seasons now has it Eamon? Three, or 2 are second. Two seasons. Yeah. So yeah it's, it's been it's been magical hasn't it Dan?
1: Yeah, it's just been so good. It's it's been just incredible to see um you know a, a team that doesn't have um a team that doesn't necessarily have uh, you know the the huge wealth that some of these other teams have. Um, it doesn't have, you know, the the huge name. You know, it's, it's not like a Newcastle. It's not like a Manchester United. Um, and it's going up and they've, uh, you're just doing incredibly well, really, uh, in the Premier League. You know, you're taking the game to these bigger clubs um, and you're playing them off the park, you know, over and over again. Yeah, I think it was, uh, you beat United 4-0, I think, was it this season or last season? Yeah, we, we hit
2: them at the right time. You'd beaten them 2-1, mm. I believe, at the start of the very first game. Yeah, we um, yeah. played in the second game and beat them four 0 They they were shell shocked. I mean, they, they, mm. sorry to interrupt, but they they Ten Hag I think is a decent manager, and we've mm. got Manu away on Wednesday, so I'm going up to Manchester for that one. But um, when we played them, you you'd beaten them two one. I mean, mm. uh, Maguire, you know, yeah, he still gets picked for England, but let's not dwell <laughs> on that one. But he wasn't at the races, and they had the the, the eternal problem they had. Was Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. Massively. Yeah. You know, Cristiano says where he wants to play. So, mm. you know, you can't pick a team. Cristiano almost picks the team. Fantastic player. But you yeah. can see it in his body language when he, during the game, and when he stormed off at the end of our game, we played yeah. them at the absolute right time, as I think you did you guys
1: did well yeah yeah you know you can only play uh who's in front of you but Absolutely. it's still an incredible scalp to yeah. have right yeah um you know to beat them so convincingly those world-class yeah. players yeah um it's it's just it's just incredible but you know i'm, I'm a great admirer of, of brentford you. generally this uh, is going to have
2: been loving because i'm the similar <laughs> to your, your style of football and uh you mm. know i assume we will come on later to yesterday's game but you know you you mm. you I had a conversation in your fan zone area with uh, hmm. a Biden fan who was very complimentary. And he said to me, his words were something on the lines of, can you imagine 10 years ago that we would be playing you in the Premier League? Yeah. And I'm trying to think back. Now I did, Somebody put it up on one of our, our sites. I think 10 years ago, we were playing MK Dons. Um, <laughs> yeah i know that let's not i mean nothing against no. yeah but of course you know, not no. that's where we were god i don't know where you guys were 10 years ago but not probably in the roughly league, the yeah. same yeah
0: yeah roughly um, the same um yeah i remember I, 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 yeah, a time on. hop a time hop came up on my facebook um and uh the uh, middle of may uh, not may sorry march um and it It was eight years ago when we were playing MK Don's away, Chris Hutton's second season or first full season with us. Um, And that was when we were on our slight promotion charge, but didn't quite get there and had to (laughs) endure the bloody playoffs again. Um, And then the season after that went up. But Yeah. yeah. Um, And not only to be playing us versus you in the Premier League, but to also be looking at other people's results like, Manchester City versus Liverpool and it having an impact on where our season (laughs) might go that that to me is is the nuts part and you know I think for both teams yesterday it was very much a must not lose game rather than a must mm -hmm. win
2: yeah um yeah yeah so I carried on the conversation with the guy who was speaking to me and I said look you're absolutely right I couldn't have imagined it but we've both gone about it the right way here, the loving continues, but we've both gone <laughs> yeah. about it the right way. You know, we haven't sports washed or whatever the phrase is, and mm. um cut this one out if you want, but you know, Manchester City, Newcastle, they can do one, they've bought their way to where they are. There's no no yeah. two ways about it. You know, you're not owned by an individual, you're owned by a friggin' state, you mm. know, in, in the case of Newcastle, yeah. um, etc. And in my opinion, again, cut this one out if you want, but the FA need to do something about it. Fit mm. and properness. So on the day last mm. season that Manchester City played Newcastle, whichever ground it was at might have been Newcastle, Man City, 81 mm. people were executed out in the one of their owner's states. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know what crimes they've committed, but, you know, come on, we've moved yeah. on from that. And that that is why I have a little bit of a loathing of those type of clubs.
1: Mm, absolutely absolute
2: praise for you guys you know we've both gone about it the right way
1: yeah yeah, like, and I, I, yeah I sorry go on sorry well go. I, I was just i was just gonna say the um i know the um uh, brighton's owned by a guy called tony bloom i forget the name of the guy who owns your <laughs> club yeah, but Matthew, he Matthew Benham, a good mate Matthew of Benham. yeah he i was is, gonna say they're, they're besties better. right
2: they <laughs> worked for each other i don't know who worked for whom
1: there was a falling yeah.
2: out and that's why Tony Bloom always goes, when he comes to the Brentford ground, instead mm. of going to the director's box, he goes in with the Brighton fans. With the away-
1: yes, yeah. yeah. Which, which is amazing, right? How many yeah. owners of football clubs do you see sitting yeah. with the other away fans? Yeah. Just incredible. But it's, you know, they are very similar in that they both rely very heavily on stats and yeah. scouting and stuff like that. So rather than just going, oh, I know the name of that football player over there, let's get them in they look at all these underlying statistics and it's just incredible.
2: You don't mean Chelsea in that, do
1: you? (laughs) Chelsea's recruitment strategy is just buy whoever Brighton's got. uh,
2: I'll interrupt. Mudric, um, we put in a bid at the beginning of the season. Shakhtar Donetsk, I think he was at, uh, for 10 million, Hmm. which is an incredible amount of money for us. 10 million. They went, no, hold on a second. We want a bit more than that. Apparently, allegedly, we went up to 12. When the word got out, Arsenal started looking. Why are they Mm. going for him? Their their recruitment is good. So, Arsenal put in bigger bids. We got outbid. Arsenal put in bigger bids. And then at the last minute, Chelsea come along. Put a (laughs) massive great bid in. Yeah. Now, not be funny, he's your ex-manager, Graham Potter. How many of those players that Chelsea have got did he actually buy? Did he actually sanction to buy? Zero. Yeah.
0: I would say that now. happening is is zero. Um, And the thing is, like, I... I, I'm very much over the bitterness towards Graham Potter as, as a Brighton fan. Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just simply um, don't really care anymore. Um, but in terms of the human side, you, you have to feel sorry for him because he's not turned into a rubbish coach overnight, and um, no. he he's gone into a club where, my God, he's got one hell of a bloody job on his hands to keep however yes. many egos, yeah. um, mm. in, in the right way. Um, and it's just clear to see that from the start, it, it was, it was never, never going to work. I, who am I to say that it might not work in the future? And yeah, um, I, I, I think he's under immense pressure. Um, yeah. And I think he needs, he needs a project club, but Chelsea are a win now club. Yeah, um and yeah. I, they there need is. a win now, manager. So maybe maybe Conte goes back there, and, and Potter goes to a project club of of Tottenham. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that that's my little uh, prediction
2: uh, for what might is, happen. Yeah, the good thing, mm. both of you, is that it's not our problem. It's not our club. Who, well, slightly, yeah. you lost Potter, who was a good, very good manager for you, mm. good selves. But mm. it's not at the moment. It's not our problem. We we've both got, in my opinion, decent managers, and long may it continue. Yeah. Although Leicester parted company with um, Brendan Rodgers earlier today. So uh, the odds are already saying that Thomas Frank may be um, considered. Why on earth would he go there?
0: (laughs) That is mental. That really is. Um, So guys, let's talk about the game. Um, So there there was one surprise, Dan, in Brighton's starting eleven and squad, really. Mm. Evan Ferguson um, didn't make the squad Apparently, there's a knock from international duty. Um, a lot of Brighton mm. fans were saying, this is why we hate international duty. Um, and maybe why ple- uh, people are happy that uh, Solly March didn't get picked, Lewis Dunk didn't get picked, etc. Yeah. Um, was you gutted to see that Evan Ferguson wasn't in the squad at all?
1: I was. I was. You know, I'm, um, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I love Welbeck, um, but he hasn't, and you know, he proved me wrong pretty swiftly. Over the course of the game, but he hasn't been on great scoring form. His his general play is very very good, um, but I don't think he he holds a candle at the moment. Holds a light to to Ferguson. Um, you know, Ferguson's just on fire. He scored a brace against Grimsby. He scored scoring for fun um, in the other games. You know, he, he scored on his debut against um, who are they playing? Uh, for for Ireland anyway. I, I forget who they're playing. Latvia. But, you know, Latvia. Latvia yeah. Right. But I mean, a great goal um and he's a great goal scorer so i thought we are going to struggle without that out and out goal scorer you know we haven't got a target man because you know we were generally pretty good at putting balls in the box Mm -hmm. well that's good but is he is he as good as ferguson at getting up and getting the ball in the net i don't think so so um yeah i was really upset to see the the fact that he wasn't even on the bench i was yeah left me a bit worried
2: i slightly Um, echo i echo that as well i much as I like to watch the better players, and I hadn't seen young Ferguson play, mm. but um, I hear, I'm hearing very good things. So I was quite mm. pleased he, he wasn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> this question. I'm being slightly mischievous. Is he going to be another Aaron Connolly? Um, I,
0: I, I don't think so. I think mm. that, um, and this isn't to, towards you, Eamon, absolutely, no, no, no. because um, I, I think that's a slightly lazy uh, comparison. Because what we've got is if we've got two young Irish strikers um, that have hit the ground running. But I think when you look at Evan Ferguson and when you watch what he's said, when mm. you sort of understand the person he is, um, I don't think he would come anywhere near what Aaron Connolly was, was getting up to.
2: Well, I've got a couple of friends who are, who are Brighton fans and seasoned mm-hmm. the elders. And I was told a good few years ago, the young lad... Aaron Connolly, watch out for that name. He's playing <laughs> yeah. goals in for fun in the reserves under months. Yeah, uh, and he I know scored. the history. He he suddenly got a little bit big-headed, I believe. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, He scored two goals against Spurs, and that was pretty yeah. much it. Other than sporadic mm. cup games and and maybe a, a couple of other Premier League goals, but yeah, um, the guy got a little bit, as you said a little bit too big-headed. Um, yeah. And I. I find it um, again not not by your comment, Eamon, but uh, when Brighton fans talk about the the comparison between Connolly and and Ferguson, rather disrespectful to, towards what Ferguson is setting out to do. Because right. I think through mm. his whole career, he's um, very young career. He's he's been very honest about what he wants to achieve in the game, um, and he's proven that under. Um, a fantastic manager in Roberto de Zerbi who's put the faith in, in so many youngsters this season. Mm. Mm. Um, and it, it really is uh, a case of the sky is the limit for him. Um, and it obviously you, you can get overrun with the hype of young players, absolutely, it, it, oh. it happens all the time. Um, but when you see a guy like this who plays in such a mature way, mm. um, you, you can't help but be excited because not only is he, um, amazing in the box as, as Dan said a, a great target man but he also drops deep and he also links up play um, and he's also so energetic and helping the team out when we're in rough patches so I absolutely mm. love that about him whereas Aaron Connolly was more a, uh, I'm gonna wait on the last defender and see if he can get the ball to me <laughs> okay um so I I really really respect the way Evan Ferguson's gone about it and, and I've got massive massive hopes for him whether that comes to fruition who knows um yes but uh let's talk about the the Brentford starting 11 yeah. um Eamon was was there any surprises in
2: there for you no real surprises we've got a a, a couple of injuries so um we're missing a couple of players I think Christovia uh wasn't in the starting lineup Pontus Janssen was back our, our club captain mm. I was a little bit um Concerned. Uh, I love the guy to bits, but I was aware of your uh, mobility, um, especially up front. And yeah, Pontus opened the scoring for us, but I think (laughs) he he was a little bit. uh, He could have done better at times in the in in our defence. And that is in no way knocking him. He's been he's been very good this season. Um, No, so in answer to your question, other than that, uh, no real surprises it was a um yeah starting lineup it didn't surprise me at all
0: no yeah it's, it's perfect that you pointed out Pontus Janssen because as you say he did open the scoring and Dan Brighton were pretty much asleep from a, a Brentford throw-in and mm. and, and a, a ball comes into the box a fantastic ball in um and our defense yeah. Lewis Dunk sort of just watches it happen <sighs> um and Pontus Janssen yeah. is there to to thump home really um little bit disappointed with with how our defense went to sleep a few times in that first half
1: i was yeah i mean i was watching it um i couldn't get down um yesterday so i was watching it from um from the comfort of my home and uh, it was a real shame to see everyone just almost switch off really from a throw-in because and we haven't seen it too often with our defense just switching off uh, you know more more so this season than perhaps previous seasons but to switch off to such to such an extent where dunk was pretty much just watching it go in you know jansen got got in front of dunk and there wasn't really anything dunk could do um,
2: sorry can i interrupt slightly there i mean yeah obviously there were six goals shared between us mm. uh, two of ours but i'm i'm putting the first one down as a almost a set piece it was a throw in played back to jensen yeah. who lobbed it in for Janssen. Did. Oh yeah. Yeah, great the goal. A sort of set PC type goal. The third mm. one was the free kick. Apparently you're a little bit susceptible on set plays.
0: Absolutely are. It's not um, you guys, are. What it, I what I found yesterday was um especially the first goal I watched the highlights back because I was in the north stand um behind the goal. Yeah. Um so I, I didn't really I, I was had a very crowded view of it. Sure. Um so what I found when I watched the highlights back was we were still organizing our defense oh, when yeah. that ball was yeah. when that ball was coming into the box lewis dunk was still looking at other people and pointing sure um so it th- there has to be a, a clear plan of when because brentford i as i understand are very good at set pieces yeah. um with um your huge centre backs especially ben mee who's who's mm. been wonderful this season Absolutely. um yeah. i i always f- find it very confusing as to why we haven't got a uh a, a plan already for for all all eventualities mm. of, of your set pieces because surely there's analysis that goes on yeah um and i i found it extremely frustrating well we're uh, both stats driven you would have thought that yeah you know we'd yeah. have like that but uh, exactly so okay. yeah it, fr- from our point of view very frustrating this season with set pieces because mm. um, yeah. I, I was going to bring it up later in the game but I'm going to bring it up now mm. um, because it's a perfect little segue yeah. uh, Dan we have 14 corners <laughs> yesterday um, <laughs> yeah. and I don't actually think we posed a threat from one of them
1: no well I Cor- mean, there, correct me if I'm wrong there were a couple that we should have scored from so I think I, I forget which minute it was um, but a really good corner in straight onto cobbles head and just inches over the bar um you know I think dunk had another one which again great head had got up so high and just inches over the bar so it's it's just so frustrating and I actually did a bit of research on this before um before I came on because it's something that I wanted to sort of raise okay. was I think the average um the average conversion rate for a corner is like five percent four five percent something like that um we've had 166 corners this season. We've scored, I think, two or three. We should have scored about, and I've noted this down here. We should have scored something like eight or nine goals from corners, and it's just, it's just so frustrating because we've got these, you know, these big guys in, you know, Dunk, Colwell, Veltman, um, you know, even, yeah, Wellbeck, I was going to say as well, and we, we never seem to get anything out of a corner. You know, I think, I think we, we've. The first goal we scored from a corner this season was an own goal. Second goal, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who got it. In. It might have been Webster, maybe. But it, it's it's so frustrating because coming from the years of Duncan Duffy under Hewton, um scoring goals for fun from corners um, to now scoring hardly any. It's just it's just frustrating, and especially yeah. with so many corners yesterday.
2: And think, and we, the we, we were our sorry joke. I think we were our own worst enemies. We gave you the best chances for the corners, not just giving them away, <laughs> but. The ball mm. into the box, and we we couldn't clear it to save our lives at times. Um, David Raya, he was given man of the match by our supporters, oh, but he, yeah. he, he hardly came for anything properly. I know you've got mm. you've got players. Well back was doing a good job of getting in front of him or trying to get in front of him, um, but we we were our own worst enemies at times. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, um, Mm.
0: you mentioned Raya. I think he had 11 saves uh, from our 14 shots Mm. on target. Um, Again, a really good segue for me to bring this up, Dan. Mm. Um, The Premier League posted a stat which I found absolutely fascinating um, that the Albion became the first team in Premier League history to have all 10 outfield starters register two attempts on goal. (laughs) Um, I said to my dad on the way back from the game, um, that I wasn't overly concerned by the performance of the game, w- where it was so sort of up and down, up and down, because we we created 33 chances I- as such. Mm. Um, and I said to my dad that the moment that I'll be concerned is when we're not creating these chances. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah, as yeah. always. But that that stat is just ridiculous, and for us but, to be the first team to do it, does that just go to show exactly what Roberto De Zerbi is is doing at this football club?
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it it as you say, it it does show exactly what he's trying to do. Um, you know, from day one, we knew that it was going to be high risk, high reward with him. We knew we'd probably concede more goals than we did under Potter or, or or Hewton, um, but we knew we'd score a hell of a lot more as well. Um, and I I hadn't actually seen that stat, um, but it's just incredible. You know, it's it's just it goes to show what he's trying to do. He's he's just getting everyone to be as fluid as possible, moving around as much as they can, getting between the lines, um and making the runs. And it's just it's it's just incredible to see that that level yeah. of fluidity and that kind of dedication to getting people forwards and just taking a shot. Because again Let's... in previous seasons Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go on,
0: Dan. No, oh, to I was just gonna say in
1: previous seasons we've we've struggled with people taking shots. You know, we've wanted people to take a shot a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so it's really refreshing and really nice to see people actually
0: exactly that. Yeah. Let's stay on the positivity positivity train at the moment because um, that's going to end in, a, in in a little while. Um <laughs> so let's 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 talk about um, a, another record that was broken. So Jason Steele sends um Karu Matoma through on goal uh, to 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 score uh, our equalizer um, and that's made him the um, the Japanese player to score the most goals in a single season and um, still with a, a good few games to go, which is fantastic mm. for Carew. Um, now I saw another funny stat that Jason still has more goal involvements than 87 million pounds, Mikel Madrid. And I understand <laughs> um, that he's not maybe had enough Premier League minutes to, to up that, but Jason still a goalkeeper and he's played three Premier League games. So is what it is. Also, the same amount of goal contributions as Neil Morpay, who left yep. for, for bigger and better things, apparently.
1: Yeah, um, it's a step but, up, isn't it? It's
0: is what it is. Amen. you yeah. know Neil Morpay yeah. very well, don't you? Yeah, very much so. Yeah.
2: Absolute, <laughs> absolute, absolute, absolute hero of mine. But, uh, by go. virtue of the fact, I'll tell you, I not bore you too long with it. We played uh, dirty Leeds away and <laughs> we got a penalty. Uh, Ollie Watkins got taken down in the area. And it was in front of their fans. It was away at, at uh, Ellen Road. Neil yeah. Maupay steps up, takes the penalty and walks towards their fans with his arms out like that. <laughs> he, gets, he gets more money than he's ever got in his life. <laughs> so we have the return game. It ends up as a one-all draw. We have the return mm-hmm. game at our place. After about 10 minutes, ball over the top. Neil's on the end of it. He's through, one-on-one with their keeper in front of their fans, thinks it passed him back of the net Straight away in front of their fans like that, he gets more money chucked at him. Everything's chucked. <laughs> him. He then he then we do a service to football. We we let him go to your good selves. One of the games mm. during lockdown away at Leeds United, closed behind closed doors. He scores and he stands in front of the empty stand like that. <laughs> you yeah. know that man is yeah. a, a massive hero of mine. You know yeah. we 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 we
0: we joke about Neil Moore Pay on this podcast a few times, right. but um. You know, for for his attitude on the football pitch and what he gave you, uh, a lo- a lot of people say um, he's an idiot, but he's our idiot. You, you, like with with, <laughs> with, with Joey Barton, true. that that was said a mm-hmm. lot with, when when yeah. he was at like Burnley, as such. But um, yeah, with, with Neil, it was very much a you'd want someone like that on your team because That's he just right. rile he riles yeah, them up. I was- and I remember a game in lockdown as well with Arsenal. It was the first game back. Um, and he apparently oh. injured Leno, yeah. but he, he didn't. Oh, yeah. um, and that there was a massive fight at the end of that game. Gwen yeah. Doozy mm. grabbed him by the neck, yeah, and that's right. Yeah, it was all sorts. But, but yeah,
2: another great story of uh, Neil Malpo. We played um, uh, Queens Park Rangers um, away, and an evening kickoff. I, it might have been the one. It was a two-all draw. And after the game, I think it was Mark Warburton in charge of us at the time. He said to Mark Warburton, I want to leave early. I, you know, I'll I do the you know, shower and all this, have the chat afterwards. But I, I want to leave. I'm meeting my partner at Westfield in Shepherds Bush. Class guy is our Neil. Westfield, Shepherds Bush. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. Anyway, and he had his Brentford track suit on. And Warburton, whoever is in charge, said, whoa, whoa, Neil, Neil, you can't go out like that in Shepherds Bush. And Neil Malpay's reply allegedly was, you haven't seen me fight. So, <laughs> you know, that's why we love Neil Malpay.
0: There you go. Yeah. A little bit yeah. of uh, Neil Morpé loving on the podcast. Yeah. I, I know one of our own um Chloe will absolutely adore mm. that because she was Neil Morpé's biggest fan. Yeah. Um yep. so yeah. I'm I'm glad that we've got a little bit of Neil loving there. Oh, um nice. so uh, Dan let's um stay on the point of Karim Matoma. Um yeah. because I he's been spoken about a lot, um but we're going to speak about him again. He's broken a Japanese record in the Premier League. Mm. Um, I think ahead of Shinji Kagawa, I want to say. Possibly, correct me, guys, if, yeah, if that's right.
2: Yeah, I'm not really
0: um, up on Japanese uh, Premier League footballers. But... <laughs> could could have been Okazaki for Leicester, but I'm not sure. Um, oh yeah, most likely, most likely, most mm. likely Kagawa. But anyway, how good is that for a guy that what four years ago was playing university football and now he's lighting up the Premier League?
1: Yeah, I mean, his rise has just been meteoric. It's been so 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 good to see Um, and you know we could arguably say he's the best Japanese player of all time you know it's um, (laughs) you know I I don't want to I don't want to shout it too loudly but uh, you know the Premier League is arguably one of the most difficult leagues in the world to play in and he's now scored the most goals so you know there is a case for it Um, but it's just it's just amazing to see him do so well Um, after writing a a thesis on how to dribble past your opponents, to then playing university football, to then, um, I can't remember where he was before he was at Union, but then playing you know uh, for Union. Japan, playing yeah. That, yeah um, playing for, that, for Union in that incredible um, title charge, unfortunately didn't quite make it in the end. Um, but, you know, being a key player for them in Europe and then coming to the Premier League, I wasn't entirely sure he would be able to hit the ground running. I, I thought, you know, his stats... In, for for union were were good, but they weren't incredible, right? Um, mm-hmm. But he's he's just done so incredibly well. Yeah, you know, it, it's just a joy to watch him play.
0: Yeah, definitely. um Eamon, what was your view on that goal yesterday? It all happened very quickly. As I say, it came from our goalkeeper Jason Steele, and then Carey yeah. was through yeah,
2: and, and then So right in front of me. Um, I will just add, I thought Mitoma was one of the best players I've seen this season. Mm. 100%. He had our fullback or wing back, um, Aaron Hickey, who's a good player. He mm. had him on post um, completely. Mm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great ball. The ball was arcing, it wasn't arcing, it was spearing its way directly towards me. And there was only one winner. Uh, <laughs> there's an element was David Reyes, could he have rushed out? He'd have had to risk a handball if he did, or a sending mm. off, if handballed it out the area. Uh, Allegedly, there was a couple of our players were throwing their arms up in the air at Raya for not coming out. But Mm. I didn't really notice that. I was almost, I wasn't applauding, but I was almost, you know, Mm. it was a good goal. And and, uh, Mitoma was fantastic yesterday. Um, Yeah. Know, very, very, very high
0: praise given that the players that um, Brentford have come up against um, as well. So mm. it, it's great to, great to hear. Um,
2: I'd call it like it is. If I go to a game, I will be as complimentary about an opposition player as I am of one of my own. You know, I'm I'm mm. of that age where, you know, I'm not blinkered. at He wore a blue and white shirt. I'm not going <laughs> to acknowledge him or anything like that. But uh, there we go. Yeah. Very good but player. I
0: think, I think, I think the thing that's great, though, is, is that we are, we're we we're, we're Brighton fans, you're a Brentford fan, yeah. but we're also football fans. Yeah, yeah. And so I I yeah, think yeah. it's crazy to not appreciate sometimes yeah, yeah. um the, the players on the opposition because you know I've watched like people like Kevin De Bruyne play against us yeah. and just own the park, and it's like you just oh, yeah. have to look look at it and go, yeah. Blumineck, what yeah. are we watching? Yeah. Um but uh the uh Matoma loving didn't last long. I was still celebrating the goal and yeah. Tony had <laughs> fall in the back of the net Damn! what on earth happened
1: oh, uh it, it, it's just yeah like like watching brighton of old you know we concede we switch off we concede uh sorry we, we score we switch off we concede almost immediately um the second rev- that that came from a throw-in didn't it again it came, it from, our it? It came, it came from,
0: from our throw on it came came from our throw on yeah
1: right <laughs> yeah it's that's right yeah because um dunk dunk was Dunk was really far back. I mean, Tony just mm. took advantage of that completely. You know, he he knew that he could stand my yeah you know, what would have been miles offside, but because Dunk was so far back, he he wasn't offside. Um, he just took advantage. He he had no one with him. Um, just took took it under control really nicely. Um, and yeah, took the goal.
2: Little bit surprised that we actually won a ball in the midfield. I think that's what shocked the
0: think. <laughs> think I think it was Pontus Janssen that won yeah. the header. I,
2: I, I think right? it went to, I, I think it went to, I might be wrong, I thought it went to Matthias Jensen who put it onto uh, um, Brian and Waymo who then possibly uh, fit mm. the wrong way around. But logically, where they are on the pitch, it should be Jensen onto Brian and right. then onto Ivan who seemed it fell into his path nicely. Um,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: What, but, what I, mean, I always find funny about the away end um, when the opposition's scoring the North Stand goal um, is the delay in the celebration.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. I, Like, your, your players were already running off celebrating. Yeah. Two seconds later,
2: Way! Yeah, right, yeah. there they
0: go. Yeah. There they go. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I, I, I'm guessing you were absolutely delighted with your team's
2: response, Eamon. Massively, yeah, mm. you, you've got to be. I, you know, was it two all at half time, and everyone around us is going, "There's more goals in this." You know, it's uh, six all. You know, sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was an, an interesting one. to If I lob this one out, yeah, as I, as I was coming out, walking up the steps to the where the coaches are, uh, the, a Brighton fan said to me, "Oh, looks good for you know both of us this season." I turned around and said, "Yeah, yeah, cheers," and he said, "If you had a defence... You'd be really dangerous. And I said, well, two of our defenders scored goals today. Mm. He turned to me and he said, well, they should have been bloody well defending, shouldn't they? And my <laughs> brother, you let three goals in, mm. you know, so uh, yeah, I just think this true. is random, but, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, it, sorry, in answer to the thing you were know, so saying, I, I don't think either defence covered themselves in massive glory. You seem to be no. a little bit wider. You were asleep the first goal, Wide, mm. Not wide open, but Ivan had enough time to get that ball down. I mean, mm. I won't go on. I will go on if you want. But the, the one that annoyed me most was um Welbeck's header. Lovely mm. ball through a shot. Mm. Solly March. Solly March. Sonny March again. Yeah. Um, but in between two of our players and, you know, one of you get near him, please. And, you know, hey-ho. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know. I, what I what I found mesmerising about the Solly March cross was his little body feint as he went past oh, the yeah. Brentford defender, yeah. and mm. um, Solly has been absolutely magical this season. Yeah, yeah, um, sure and, was, yeah. Um, You know, a, a, another goal involvement for for Solly Dan, and what a ball in to mm. to Welbeck, who um, oh, at yeah. the at the top of the show you were uh, not very complimentary of, but gets the goal <laughs> and proves you wrong, mate.
1: Honestly, yeah, I, I, I was so happy that he had proved me wrong. Because um, yeah, I, I like him. His general play is is great. As I was saying earlier, um, he just hasn't been uh, scoring some of the goals he should have scored. So to see him rise so high and find that little space between the between the defenders, I'm not sure who which of the Brentford defenders it was, but it, it was just fantastic. You know, a, 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 it was a really really nice header. Um, mm. You know, down past uh, past Raya, um, fantastic and. What a ball from Solly March as well. Yeah, he's been absolutely on fire this season.
0: Exactly. And the, the response was six minutes after Brentford's goal. Um, so we were just wow. exchanging blows left, right, and centre. Yeah, yeah. And mm. so, I Amy, mean, at half time, um, you've already mentioned a few of the comments that you heard. Yeah. Uh, but you, did you feel 2 was, 2 was the fair
2: scoreline? Yeah, on the, the way the play had gone and, uh, you know, say some of our attempts at defending. Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. And, you know, could easily see more goals in the game. You know? Yeah, definitely. Mm. The The yeah. next goal
0: didn't take very long after the no, break, though, didn't. did it? I think it was four minutes. Exactly. Um, now, Dan, I'm going to come to you on this one first, because there's something that okay. really, really riled me about how we defended that goal, especially, and I don't want to single out players because I feel that's quite unfair to do, because it's, it is at the end of the, the day a team effort but when the criticism is there to be had, I think you have to give it. Um, of course. A stupid Jan, um, I, I Now I imagine in when you're learning to be a defender as a youngster, the the, the simple advice is get goal side. Mm. Pinnock finds himself yeah. Yeah. way ahead of him. And the stupid Jan's, uh like scrambling to get back do you feel he should have been a bit, a bit stronger there? And, and would, would you, and again, I don't want to pin it on one sole person, but mm. should he have been doing better there?
1: I I mean, I, I, I think he should have been, um, uh, you know, I think there's a shout for car potentially getting a bit closer as well. Cause yeah, you know, Pinnock just found the space between the two. Mm. He it was clear that no one was going to be picking him up. Yeah. You know, p- effectively anyway. Um, so yeah I mean for me he 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 should have done a lot better there stupid young. I mean how much of that can you put down to fatigue because he's obviously been playing quite a lot um mm-hmm. for Ecuador over the over the international break but but then I mean so's Casado, right uh, you know Casado ran the midfield yesterday almost you know he was mm-hmm. absolutely incredible as he always is. Yeah. Um but <sighs> I don't know I don't know. For me, a stupid has to do better. I don't know. It just,
0: it just frustrates me when um, you see like the, the, the basics of football, not being Mm. led by premier league footballers. Um, Yeah. And it it was just so frustrating to watch that back again. It it happened miles away from me. I didn't see it at the Mm. time, but when I watched the highlights back, um, it really frustrated me when I saw a stupid not quite dealing with that very well. Um, now, Eamon, what does Thomas Frank say to players before games and at half time? Because you look come flying out the blocks.
2: I, straight answer, I have no idea. But whatever he says, <laughs> it's well, um there, there was a. I think it was we when we played Bournemouth. They had it was live on Sky, and they had cameras everywhere, including trying to interview some of our players going off the pitch at half time. I was actually mm. at the games. So I didn't see this after till afterwards but they had cameras in the changing rooms at half-time. And I I don't think you could (laughs) hear what was being said. But Thomas Frank has the players all sat down and he is just literally talking to them. He's not lecturing them. Yes, I think we were 1-0 up at the time um, and looking good. We won the game. But the contrast to the opposition changing room, They had players doing keepy-uppies in their bare feet and the manager was talking. Half of them are trying to get drinks and stuff like this. In answer to your question, I have no idea what he says. We do normally start, um, you know, on the front foot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that he didn't make a change at half-time because, as I said earlier, uh, Mitoma uh, was having a very good game against Hickey. And Mm -hmm. um, we had uh, another lad, Rosaleff, who's slightly quicker. Who um, mm. might have had an effect? Uh, they play in a similar sort of position. I was surprised mm. that Roslet didn't come on. So, uh, but in answer to your initial question, I have no idea what he says. But I, having met and spoken to Thomas Frank, he's a very calm individual. Very rarely mm. do you see him histrionics on the touchline or anything like that. Mm. Um, so whatever he said, he would have said calmly and got his point across.
0: Yeah, I think you had both ends of the spectrum on uh, the touchline yeah, yesterday. Yes. As you say Thomas Frank <laughs> extremely, yeah, exactly. yeah. extremely yeah. composed, but yeah. uh, Roberto De Zerbi certainly does not let his feelings uh, go unheard. Um, so, what personality is De Zerbi. Sorry, I shouldn't. He, he's Italian, so it's the passion, ones the ones passion yeah. runs deep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'd imagine now you quite understand why yeah. it's the way is <laughs> yes. but, um, yes. as as Brighton fans, because we had a, a stark contrast from from. How Gray and Potter conducted mm. himself yeah. on the touchline. I'm not saying it's the wrong way, but watching Zerbi is just unbelievably entertaining. Yeah. And yeah. he's had two touchline bans um, <laughs> in the last three months. I want to say. Um, so yeah, that, that that goes to show you just what sort of coach Roberto Zerbi is. Yeah, but yeah, he's getting yeah. the best out of us, so we love it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As you say, your your second defender to score in the game. Um, yeah. Unlikely sources, but uh, Pinnock is always a player that impresses me. Um what yeah. what have you have you made of um your defenders' uh, contributions this season because as i say Ben Mee's been fantastic. Two two goals yesterday for for two defenders. Yeah. Um so it's it's great that goals for you guys are coming from all sorts of different yeah, very, areas on the pitch.
2: Yeah, very much so. Just on our defense, we we are chipping in especially with the whether we play two center backs or the, the three center backs. Um you know, again ridiculous statement. Doesn't matter to me who scores the goals, but it's nice that they're they're shared around. Yes, Ivan Tony's got a lot. Just on the on the defense though, when we brought Ben Mee in, we had a couple of uh, we had a gap in the in the not a massive gap, but a bit of a gap in the defense. And obviously we picked up Ben Mee on a on a free transfer or minimal. Mm. And I was thinking everyone refers to him as because he played under Sean Geisch uh, Burnley mm. as hard Brexit Ben Mee. And that <laughs> nickname has, has has stuck, you know. Uh, imagine you know what I'm talking about with the Burnley side. But mm-hmm. um Ben Lee has been fantastic this season. Absolutely fantastic. Um yeah. Ethan Pinnock is the, the what's the one they say, you know, Ron Seal just does what it says on the tin. <laughs> you know, you yeah. put him in there, you can say to Ethan, do you, you play a little bit over on the left side, play on the right today? He'll do it and he'll, he'll get on with it. More than happy. It, yeah, it's like complaint if you want. We let three goals in yesterday. That's mm-hmm. you know, not very nice. Yes um sort of thing but um and we were a little bit six and sevens at, at times in the in the penalty but in answer to your question massively happy with our our defense this season mm, and you yeah. know i've missed out a couple of people christoph i uh, you know rico henry you know are you guys mm. moaning about uh lewis dunk not getting a call up to the england <laughs> squad well come on you've already said he played under chris Houghton how old is that man? <laughs> you know, Rico's yeah, the answer because we haven't got enough left-sided. Um, oh, do we play left-sided players at right back for England or right-sided players at left? I'd never know. What Gareth doing. Yeah. it's oh, yeah. God knows your, your guess Harry is good Maguire. as Harry gets a game though most times. So um, yes,
0: yeah. uh, how does how does Harry Maguire get an England call up when, as you say, Ben Mee is performing so yeah. magnificently? Mm. And obviously, we're going to talk about Lewis Dunn. Yeah, but yeah. um, taking off my bright and tinted glasses, yeah. Ben Mee has been you know one of the, the best English defenders in the Premier mm-hmm. League this season, yeah. without a question, yeah. and still Harry Maguire's there. But yep. that's a hot. That's a whole new thing. It's, 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 um, you know, we need another hour
2: for that. Partly, yeah. just going back on the internationals. So you guys had players playing out in Australia, twelve-hour mm-hmm. difference and twelve-hour flight or something yeah. this very week. So we had Aaron Hickey playing for Scotland against Spain. Ivan Tony playing ten minutes for was it ten minutes for England only at yes. Wembley. So not exactly mm-hmm. a lot of uh, time difference between Brighton and Wembley, <laughs> but. Um, so we probably we had a couple of the danish midfielders were, were were playing so then so i'm quite happy in a way that ben mee isn't called up that fair. You know, rico's not called mm. up so yeah. i'm mean, quite happy to sit back and let them rest mm. you know mm.
0: yeah help, helps your cause yeah. for for what what you want to do this yep. season so yep. that's completely fair enough um mm. so i i think it's fair to say that after brentford scored And We we had a a severe period of domination from Brighton and looking Mm. for that uh, equaliser. There were maybe a few flurries that uh, sort of concerned us, but I think it was pretty much, right, we need to buck our ideas up here and and get another goal. all of those shots, Dan. So again, so wasteful um, in front of goal. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we had to bring on in CISO, uh, Undav um, and for Kondo to help the cause and, and yeah. add a bit more uh, prowess going forwards. A uh, stupid Yang came off and Solly moved to, to left back. So mm-hmm. if you say, Eamon, about Ethan Pinnick. where where do you want him to play? I, I think that's very much the case with a couple of our players, such as Solly March. You can play either left back, right back, right um, mm-hmm. back either wing um and as well for, for Pascal Gross, um yeah. who, who was literally everywhere on the pitch yesterday. Um, <laughs> he even play, played a stint at right back. Did he, um, did he get fucking
2: yesterday, Pascal Gross?
0: I can't remember, but yeah, I can check for you now. Yeah, let's have, I've got the paper here. Uh, yes, he did.
2: Uh, he did. He did. He did. Because
0: In the 94th minute.
2: Yeah, the referee kept his cards oh, in his yeah. pocket, didn't he? He did. Um, he yeah. did, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, We're going to talk about the referee and VAR in a minute um, because there was a slight contentious moment at the end of the game. Um, But let's Mm. talk about the penalty um, and the VAR decision that led to the penalty. Um, I watched the highlights back again. um, And as soon as it happens, Hickey's got his head in his hands. He knew what he'd done (laughs) and the penalty's given. But it takes... It takes a, a good few minutes to reach that decision uh, but we did get the right decision in my opinion Dan what what was your view because obviously you saw it on the TV mm. and I had no I didn't really have any idea what was going on in the ground um yeah but what was their instant sort of let's look at that again on the replays or did it take a while
1: yeah I mean it's um I don't know if the ref would have um gone over to check. I mean obviously VAR would have looked at it anyway but you know pre-VAR I, I don't know if the ref would have even entertained the idea had everyone not complained so much um you know it was very clear from all the protests that they all thought there was a valid case for penalty um commentators upon seeing the replay said that's a penalty um I don't know why it took so long for it to for it, for it to be awarded basically once you know, if, if var can see it you know frame by frame from all those different angles um they can see it bash off the guy's hand um you know unless they were potentially see checking the distance right they could have been saying you know was it too close for him to move his hand out of the way or whatever but it's um it's it's just frustrating at how long some of these things take you know yes we may i think we got the right decision in the end but i mean how long are we gonna Look at the same replay over and over again. Yeah. At, at yeah. And you have and, to say, is it clear and obvious? And
0: for it to take so many protests from the players for the referee to even yeah. twig that, oh, maybe I should speak to VAR. And I, I guess VAR always check things and they're always mm. in the referee's ears. So, you know, th- but here we are again, not knowing what's going on. So maybe, again, I'm going to put the cause out for maybe we should hear what they're saying because then mm. that would clear literally all of the qualms that we have or yeah. 95% of the qualms that we have, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Amen. what was the feelings amongst the Brentford fans when that check was going on?
2: Right, I can, I can cover it up quick. Uh, absolutely, with two words. Uh, Stuart Atwell, he was the VAR <laughs> official uh, in Park. <laughs> okay. so that, that, right. that absolutely sums it up. I've got the programme yeah. program in front of me here. Uh, as soon as I got into the ground, I looked on the back. Referee Michael Oliver not the worst in the world. I've, you know, We've seen him a couple of times this season. Yep. And uh, Linos, or sorry, assistant referees, fourth official, VAR official, the two words leap out at us. Sure, <laughs> out well. you know. At that point, it's just
1: head in hands.
2: The incident happened. And, and I won't lie, I've seen it again on match of the day. I'm not going to Arsene Wenger, I didn't see the incident. It was right down the far <laughs> end from where I was. <laughs> yeah. And you guys appealed so much, something's happened. You yeah. know, At the time, we couldn't actually tell. When I see mm. it on match of the day... Yeah, it does hit his arm, but, you know, he's he's doing that. Yeah, it was a, let's go, it's a penalty. Save all that time, though. As soon as you get mm. word in your ear, as soon as you hear the voice of Stuart Atwell, just give the frigging penalty. You know, mm. save the three and a half minutes, Stuart. It's not all about you. We want to watch the game of football. The exactly. game earlier today, West Ham, Southampton, it might still be done. Yeah. it might finish. The West Ham scored a goal. It took three and a half minutes for VAR to come up with, such an obvious goal mm. it's crazy and then, yeah
0: and um, i can yeah. confirm that game did end one nil between okay. those two okay um, so that's uh yeah a yeah. shame for southampton yeah. oh dear what a shame oh never mind <laughs> um but um yeah uh for me you know I, I had no idea what was going on just the same as you a mm. but yeah. I, I was i was in our group chat down wasn't i, I was like is it a penalty? Yep. is it a penalty? <laughs> tell <laughs> me someone
2: yeah um, yeah
0: and then I, uh, when Alexis was stepping up to take it, um, I had my back to, to the pen. I couldn't really? watch it. You didn't I watch it? Not, I could not watch it. Um, I sort <laughs> of turned so it was in my peripheral vision, mm-hmm. um, and I was just waiting <laughs> for the response of the crowd. Yeah, because um, yeah. I, I I didn't realize until I looked at, at the clock after he scored it how late on it was. Yeah,
2: um,
0: yeah. Because I was just enjoying the football because it, you mm. know. We, we can we can say, oh, this was crap. That was good. This was crap. But overall, it was a fantastic game of football yesterday, um, and really and game. put on 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 show to to the world how well these two teams can play, mm-hmm. um, and and fighting for Europe as well. As I yeah. said at the top of the show, it is a must not lose for for both teams. And we've got a game in hand against Bournemouth on Tuesday, which if we win that. This point against Brentford is, is in my opinion, going to look absolutely fantastic, Dan. I don't know what you think about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if, if we win our game in hand, um, that puts us up to, I think, fourth, fourth or fifth, either way. Um, but you know, a, a point against Brentford is a good point. You know, it, before the game, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have been happy with a point. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's not the ambitious um, sort of mindset that a lot of our fans have, but ultimately. Brentford are a really strong side so yeah. <laughs> you know Tony always exactly. scores against us <laughs> yeah it, 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 it's a really good point
0: yeah definitely um I, I don't want to touch on the second uh penalty incident too much because again it's it's going down that rabbit hole of what's clear and obvious what's the mm. distance what what are the rules um so I just come to you quickly Dan penalty or no penalty
1: if we're going off the precedent set by the first penalty, I think the second was a stronger shout.
0: Okay. Um
1: Fair enough.
2: Eamon, yeah. um, what, what was your views on it? Again, right down the other end, I've subsequently seen it on Match of the Day. Yeah. I'm yeah. not just going with them, and obviously I'm a Brentford supporter, but he was pulling his hand, trying to pull his hand out the way. Uh, the distance, I, I couldn't tell how close or whatever it was. I'm going all Arsene Wenger on you. But he was pulling his hand <laughs> out <the> way. <laughs> sort of thing, so um, yeah. obviously I didn't want us to lose, so correct decision. <laughs> Fair you enough. Want, you got and a corner out of it, didn't you? What more do you want? Come on. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> but you're good at, you're good we're, at corners. We're, yeah, yeah, brilliant. So, so bloody good at corners. Yeah. I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah, we were guaranteed. <laughs>
0: Guaranteed to score from that. Yeah, um, yeah. As I said, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole because with, with VAR, it's so contentious whether I could sit here and say, mm. yes, Stonewall penalty. Um, and as you say, Eamon, there, there's so many different um, outlooks on what's clear and obvious, what's in the rules mm. of the game. So um, I think that's fair enough to, to leave that one there.
2: Yeah, you don't like to celebrate when the ball goes in the net because you know three and a half no. minutes later, some idiot at Stockley Park will have told you
1: it's not a goal
0: or something. Or in some cases, yeah. Dan, I'm sure you remember this one, in some cases, after the full-time whistle.
1: <laughs> oh, God, don't remind me. Yeah, I mean, how, how, can that, how can that be allowed? Our players had left the field, I think, right?
0: They were and leaving the field. And then they were they leaving got, the field. And then Manchester United got given a penalty.
2: Yeah. oh yes that's right yeah I absolutely
0: I ludicrous that. um and who, and dan who are we playing in the fa cup semi-final ah mm, and does that have var yes it does good luck brighton oh, who, who, um, who, who's
2: the referee that day
0: though i have no idea i don't know it yeah. has been allocated yet
2: yeah it's not till
0: later this month is
2: it
0: that yeah, well so yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't no no um but I, I think that pretty much sums up the game. Um, as I say, you know, mm. two teams absolutely fighting for, for their lives and what they want to achieve this season. Mm. Two teams that are, are really, you know, impressive from from both ends. Uh, but, Amen, I as you say, we, we don't like the loving too much. So, I'm going to say uh, it. Brentford are rubbish. Yeah, I don't absolutely. like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three offside goals we scored yesterday, including that penalty. Ah. I know, <laughs> bloody terrible. In the goal, come
0: on. Clear, clearly offside. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. but honestly, um Aymon, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank it's been an absolute yeah. pleasure mm. to yeah. to get a, a perspective of a very down to earth fan. So um, yeah. it's it's an absolute pleasure, Dan. Before we leave, um, I want to get your predictions uh, for Bournemouth, please.
1: My prediction for Bournemouth. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, they won yesterday. They beat Fulham.
2: They did. They did, and did Fulham, us a favour. Yeah,
1: yeah, honestly, yeah. It keeps us in the running for Europe. Um, mm. I mean, I I think it'll be quite tight. I think it'll be a lot tighter than a lot of people may think because Bournemouth typically play quite well whenever they're playing us. I can't remember having beaten them really very frequently. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go 1-0, maybe 2-1, a really close 2-1 to us perhaps.
0: Oh gosh, I don't think my heart can take that. I said after the game yesterday when I was walking up the North Stand steps, uh, some lady said, oh, they, "This club will be the death of me." And I said, "I think I've <laughs> aged about fifteen years. Have I? <laughs> have I gone gray? Um, But it's what it is. Um, Eamon, who have who have Bour- uh, Bournemouth? Who have Brentford got next?
2: Uh, Manchester United. On uh, of course. So I'm, mm. I'm going up to Manchester. For well,
0: I, I know we're all fighting uh, for, the, for the same goal, but I do hope you beat Manchester United. So, yeah, good good Absolutely, luck in Manchester. Yeah. On, Thank
2: you. Well, they're one of those teams who, who've got a few more games to play. Are they, are they still in Europe? Are they out of you? I don't know who's in Europe.
0: Uh, well. They are still in Europe, I believe. Yeah, so in the Europa League. Yeah, Europa League.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, because they're playing a Europa League game before our FA Cup semi-final. Right. That's why we were allocated the Sunday. Yep. and to, mm. to give them more rest because we want to be nice to them like that. We want to give yeah. them at least some chance of beating us, yeah. you know, we're <laughs> yeah. so nice. Yeah. Um, but as I say, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Dan, thank you so much for coming on for your first appearance. Amen. Thank you again. Um, it is our hundredth episode today. Um, so yeah, lots of celebrations in the comments below. Um, Thank you guys for joining me for that. Um, And we will see you next time. So whenever you are, when wherever you are, Tom, I've messed up your, um little, <laughs> t- t- Tom's our usual host, Damon, and I've right. just absolutely messed up his outro that he normally does. <laughs> yeah. So gonna I'm just going to, he, he will be, it'll be in, yeah. in my uh, inbox saying, what the was that? <laughs> um, but here we are. Um, I'm just going to say, see you next time, guys. Bye-bye.
2: Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.